Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and I'm again joined today by Gregory Ann Cox. Now, in episode 97, we spoke to Greg about the power of five, and today we're really going to talk and deep dive into what is rebellious wellness. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you so much, Magic. It's so nice to be here again with you. Thank you. Now, look, our last episode we really just touched on a whole lot of things. And I think the listeners get very confused when it comes to health as we're aging, certainly with women as we hit menopause and things start shifting and changing and, you know, our bodies don't move the way they did at 20. And, you know, our weight doesn't sit where it used to sit when we (laughs) gain it. And it's not as easy to get rid of it. So I think there's so many things that we really need to explain to the listeners here and really empower them so that beyond 50, they can be rebellious and well. What would you like to share with the listeners? I want to explain why rebellious, why the word rebellious is in there. And it's because I believe that it is a rebellious act to demand the kind of care we need to make sure that we're listened to when we go to a practitioner to say, this isn't working for me, or I don't want that treatment. What else can you do? There's a balance. It's almost like courage, but it is rebellious because many people will just assume that what society says is true. We're, you know, we're getting older. We should sort of fade away. You're going to get a disease. You might as well get used to it. Your parents had it. You're going to get it. That's just not the case. But it's hard to fight the noise of this culture that we're in, where it's you know marketing is all all around us. Everything has a marketing message, and the if you follow the money, the big medical organizations probably in your country as well have the biggest budgets, and so they also sell the most you know money's worth of prescription medications. So when they're talking about cholesterol and those kinds of things, they have a drug attached to the end of the conversation. Like here are all these bad things, but we can help you take this medication. Again, a rebellious person might say, I, what can we try before the meds? I am not against medication. I know that there are times when it is important. All I'm saying is there are way too many prescriptions being handed out. And for reasons that are really not necessarily the right reason to give these medications. So I want to empower my audience, your audience, anybody we can to go with their gut. If the gut says, you know what, 
I don't, I think I heard somebody say, I don't have to get diabetes just because it runs in my family. Let me look into that a little bit more, but then find the people that you trust to get the next round of information. Dr. Google's great, but not like lots of things show up on Google that are not necessarily in your best interests. Totally. And listeners, you know, I've said this from day one and just a quick reminder on this point that every medication has a mechanism of action. That mechanism of action could be to stop a natural process in your body. So acid reflux blockers are a perfect example here or statins to keep your your cholesterol down is another example. And these mechanisms of action are actually unnatural in the body. When you stop a process happening in the body, you create an imbalance or a blockage in another process. So really, if you are going to take prescription meds, ask a million questions about the med. Okay, if I take this, what is the side effect? What are you stopping? And then if you stop that, what does that mean for me? So the same with surgeries. I'm not against surgeries. But if you take your gallbladder out because you have gallstones, then you can no longer break down fats. Now, what is the flow on effect from that? So really just empower yourself and ask the questions. And if the doctor writing the script does not know the answers to those questions, go to someone who does because they're getting paid to write you a script. They're getting paid a commission on everything they write for you. And if they don't know the process of what that medication is doing, they're getting paid for not sharing information with you. And it's your body. You want to be well. That's why you've gone to the doctor. So ask the questions. I'll get off my soapbox now. (laughs) I'm right there next to you on that soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many people look at their diet as an issue and we hear about the, you know, don't eat fats, don't eat sugars, and that don't eat sugars is a blanket statement. I know many GPs and even health uh, coaches say don't eat fruit, which is kind of crazy. So how would you address diet, especially as we start to age and things do change? That's a great question, Magic. The, what changes is unexpected for most women. Some people who have always loved eggs and been eating eggs and no problem will find that if they eat an egg, they get a little bit of a stomach upset. Maybe they get a headache. The same is true for grains. Some women, as we transition through perimenopause into menopause, the hormonal changes find that grains are not the fuel they used to be that they actually make us tired. And it's really a hormonal response. There's nothing you can do to control your hormones. You can support them with bioidenticals if you want, but you you wanna pay attention to how you feel when you eat certain foods and then say, huh, maybe I should not have that. Then don't eat it for a few days, actually probably at least seven, put it back in and see how you feel again. Um, It's a bummer that things change about (laughs) the foods that are gonna make us happy or not, but it does change. And the other thing that we, it's not as easy to pinpoint, but it is possible. Some people run better on carbs and a little bit of fat, and some people run better on more fat and a little bit of carbs. The protein ratio generally stays about the same. And so I would say, if you're used to eating 
let's just say, even if you buy a whole grain, maybe you bought chickpea pasta and you're having a beautiful tomato sauce with a couple of shrimp. You used to be able to eat a nice size bowl of that and everything would be great. Now you eat it and you feel exhausted. So the next time you make it, make it with a little pasta, more of the good tomato veggie sauce and some shrimp and see how you feel. It's a time of self-diagnostics, if you will, when it comes to food. And there's nothing wrong with trying a diet protocol, keto or um, intermittent fasting or you know whatever, Weight Watchers, who, whatever it is. But again, if, if it doesn't work for you, there's no shame in that, put it down, find something else that does. Really, if you wanna boil it all down to like, what is healthy food? Like I said earlier, make sure, or yes, on the other episode, make sure your, your day has at least half of the food that you consume, fresh, raw, and or lightly cooked vegetables, fruit, absolutely a ton of antioxidants and great things in fruit. I would never say don't eat any fruit unless somebody had a real problem with sugar, like a diabetic maybe should not eat a lot of fruit, granted. But fill those plates with lots of what comes from the ground alive. Whether you want to cook it or not, it's fine. Uh, one of my favorite doctors, his name is Dan Kalish. He always says, if you eat a bowl of raw food and a, not meat, but veggies and a bowl of cooked every day, like a cereal bowl size, you'll be good to go. That's as much of that world as you need. Now, if you want to eat more, that's great. But five a day doesn't really cut it, which is the, the common prescription over here. Five a day of fruits and vegetables. I, I think it's got to be more like 10. Totally. And here in Australia, over the past few years, there's been a five and two kind of thing going, you know, have five vegetables and two fruits every mm. day. Listeners, that's not enough. That is so not no, enough. Absolutely. You know, we are primates. Most primates eat mainly vegetables. So, you know, yeah, we have a little bit of meat here and there, but we are primates. We need to feed our bodies as if we were gorillas or chimps or, you know, something like that. And another quick rant here, fruit and veg doesn't have to come from a tin, doesn't have to be wrapped in plastic, you know, it doesn't have to be processed. Nature provided it the way it's supposed to be. So just go for it. Grow your own food and really boost up your veggie intake because you've got all the, the vitamins there. If you grow it in good soil, it's got all the minerals attached to it. So don't peel the carrot. Eat the minerals mm -hmm. attached to it as well. And, you know, it's got all the, the great antioxidants and things like that. When you get it from a tin, it doesn't have most of that. So, you know, really just get your hands in and, and enjoy your food before you're eating it. Yes. And the other thing I would say about that, the fresh version versus the tin version is it has the fiber you want to help you feel full and to keep you regular. I don't want to talk about poop necessarily, but we got to do it. And if you limit your choices to canned processed food, you're not getting nearly enough fiber and you're also not getting, as, as Magic said, the beauty of all the nutrition that's in a raw or lightly cooked vegetable versus the ones in the tin. Totally. Now, there's so many facets to health and wellness as we get older. Let's just go further into movement here for a bit. So as we get older, 
our bodies change. Now, I know in the last episode you mentioned chair yoga. There's so many people that think once my body slows down, once, you know, inflammation sets in, I can't move the way I did. So chair yoga, walking, things like that. Let's talk about some options here, especially for the women out there over 50, as to how they can increase their movement. I think you talked about it. I don't know whether you called it incidental movement, um, natural movement, which includes reaching. If you think about our ancestors, they had to reach for the fruit off of the tree or reach up to grab you know, a branch to help build their shelter. They had to squat, as you talked about. If you're gardening, don't sit, don't kneel on one of those knee benches. I don't know a lot of people whose knees still want to be kneeling anyway these days. And get up. If you can't because you have really bad knees, then what can you do? Can you sit in a chair and lift, extend your leg out in front of you? and then put it down. There, if I have a habit lately because I understand the importance of being stable, what I mean is my body in alignment so that I can have a reaction. If I start to trip or something, I wanna know that I have good balance. So when I brush my teeth now, I lift one foot off the ground. For, I have electric toothbrush, 30 seconds, then I lift the other foot for the other 30 seconds, and then I just do something else. It really is, there are lots and lots of ways, but again, it's mindfulness. I know for a lot of people sit at a desk. Can you stand up? Can you, I have, I move my desk into my laundry room because my uh, clothing washing machine is tall. So I have a little desk. That's movement, just standing because your core body is working if you're standing and typing and thinking. And so, I, you know, I, we can't cover every possible option. However, I think that it is easy enough when we look at our clock and say, gosh, I've been sitting here for two hours, what can I do? If all you can do is walk, then just walk. And just before our podcast, I actually went for a walk and it was starting to rain and, you know, it's a bit cold. Like we're in the middle of summer, but we've had this two-day snap cold spell, which is strange, very odd. But anyway, so I went for a walk and I thought, do I go the dirt track and, you know, really exercise my core because I know it's going to be slippery. Part of my mind was saying, no, don't do that. It could be dangerous. You might fall. You might slip. But then I looked at all the positives of going the dirt track versus walking on the footpath. And I thought I won't fall because I know how to center my balance and I won't slip because I'm going to be careful and it hasn't really rained that much. And after a short walk, I felt like I'd done such a workout, just keeping myself upright against the wind. And and it was just so exhilarating. So listeners, you know, it doesn't have to be that you're walking 11Ks or whatever that is in miles, you know, just doing the block and or just doing a local park and choosing a more difficult option that uses more muscles could be the way to go. And certainly if you're time poor, you know, I was only out for 40 minutes. Normally I walk for an hour and a half, but Mm. I came back feeling like I'd done the hour and a half because I was using my core. I was thinking about all the great things this is doing for my body. So I engaged my mind along the walk, not just walking aimlessly and 
not even thinking about it. You know, my mind was really into it. And it was probably one of the better walks I've done this week. So, you know, really get out there and you don't have to be sweating it out at a gym. You don't have to be lifting weights. Just using your body weight, using yourself as resistance can be the way to go. Absolutely. Now, Greg, is there anything else that you feel we need to share with the listeners today? One of the things that is super important uh, of late science is recognizing this is the idea that we have people in our lives, women especially need connection to other women. That's a thing that is our brain. Our brain decided this. It isn't in some group that said that this is the way it is. We need to connect with other women, not necessarily in our family. As a matter of fact, they say have people outside your family, have a close circle, even one other person. And the reason is because that person who accepts you and loves you as you are with all of the foibles that we all have, all the faults, is giving something to you on an energetic level. It's, you could be watching a movie, it doesn't matter. You're, you're with this person and your heart gets in coherence with the heart of a person who is admiring you, loving you, tolerating you, whatever it is, but still loving you. And they're saying now that that is just as important for heart health as we age as any of the other lifestyle habits that we invent, create. So I would say, if you, I, we talked about it in the last episode, if you have drama in your life and it's a, from a person, divorce that drama, figure out a way, and make sure that you are in touch with somebody or more than one somebody who you can really just be yourself with, connect with, talk about what's going on, get the support you need in any way, shape, or form. Maybe they're going to go to the doctor and be the set of ears. You don't, sometimes we can't listen to what the doctor's saying when it's us, right, under the microscope. Maybe that person is going to go and be your patient advocate, whatever it is. So all I'm saying is connection is super important to add to the lifestyle habits that we create. That is great information. Now, listeners, this was your episode 98. In 99, we have Seth Dietlin coming to talk about talking to my angels. And I know that sounds woo-woo, but I have recorded that episode already with Seth. And trust me, it's one you really want to listen to. Thank you so much, Gregory Ann Cox, for joining us again and sharing all your brilliant information with the listeners. Now, I guess some parting words on rebellious wellness for the listeners. Be whatever it is that you want to be. The most rebellious thing you can do is live it the way you want to live it. Dye your hair purple, get whatever other kind of exercise you want, get married, get divorced, go to China. It doesn't matter. It's really important. We only have now and every now becomes tomorrow really, really quickly. And don't waste any of your tomorrows being something that other people want you to be if it doesn't suit you. Perfect. What a fantastic message out there, listeners. Listeners, thank you for your time again. Go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health 
or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.